Entrepreneur on Fire, episode 228. Welcome to EntrepreneurOnFire.com, where remarkable entrepreneurs share their inspiring story. Let their journey illuminate your path to success. And now, your host, John Dumas. Namaste, Fire Nation. And guess what? LegalZoom wants to help you get your business started right. Visit LegalZoom.com where you'll find award-winning services developed by the best legal minds in the country. Enter FIRE in the referral box at checkout for your discount today. Okay, FIRE Nation, let's get started. I am simply thrilled to introduce my guest today, Esther Kish. Esther, are you prepared to ignite? I am. Let's do it. (laughs) All right. Esther helps experts and entrepreneurs score high-end clients quickly. Her mantra is, it's easier to make a few high-ticket sales than lots of little sales. Esther's background in international business and cutting-edge online marketing techniques deliver unique, highly profitable results. I've given Fire Nation a little overview, Esther, but why don't you take a minute, tell us about you personally, we want to get to know you, and then tell us about your business. Sure. So I think if if you, uh, I was just thinking about one word, what would be the really that that is me to to answer to you this question, and I think it's really about being curious for me, because I always just want to know just by nature what is going on and how things work. And you know, in the very last year of my high school, I was just 18. And I was approached by somebody who was a year younger than me uh, in my baby sister's class. And he was recruiting, he was an entrepreneur, and he was recruiting people for a network marketing company. And he was trying to get a meeting with me. And he said that, well, why don't you go home before we have this meeting and write down a 100 things that you want in your life? And I'm thinking, <laughs> I, you know, what, an 18 year old, like, I don't have a hundred different things. Right. I, maybe I want to buy a car and a house and a pool and, you know, go to some exotic place for vacation, but that was <laughs> it. <laughs> and, but really just having done this because I was so excited to try to come up with a hundred things. And it was so interesting that as you start making that list, 20, 30, 40, 80, before you know it, you're well over 100. <laughs> and so it, it helped me really realize how curious I am of the world. And I think just the, the fact of writing all these things down helped make many of these things already happen. And that was, of course, a while ago, and some things still have to, to come into fruition. But, you know, the crazy things, not trying to curb yourself when you're coming up with all these ideas, I think it's so key for anybody, not just for entrepreneurs, to to really be able to dream. And then one day you will look back and, oh, I found this old list, and look at this, half of it is done. <laughs> it's amazing. So, Esther, I have two questions on that note. The first question is, what is one of the more unique things that you can remember that you wrote down on that list? Flying. I wanted to learn how to fly, and I did get started with it to wow. get my pilot license. And <laughs> the other one was to travel, and that's also something that really happened for me. I uh, Just out of high school, I, I moved right the year after to Malta, which is a tiny, tiny island just south of Sicily, and um, then moved around quite a bit around Europe. So I lived actually in six other countries before I moved here to now I'm in Los Angeles. Um, so really just, just being able to put yourself, I think, in that space that 
from the beginning that this is something I want for my life, help help to make it happen without really putting a whole lot of conscious effort to it, I think. So just, you know, Malta and then Paris and Holland and Belgium and Hungary and Romania where I both where I grew up. It's just fantastic. I, I I'm so grateful to have had that experience. So that actually was my next question. So you just I think may have answered it. The accent <laughs> is from Bulgaria? It's from Hungary. Hungary. Yep. Very Cultivated cool. Cultivated there. <laughs> nice. Well, it's a beautiful accent, and I'm just a little ways down the Gold Coast myself right now in San Diego, so I'm really glad that you've joined us out here in Southern California. What did bring you out to L.A.? I wanted to become an actress. So first I, I had my traditional you know, way of going about things and went to business school, but there was a point in my life when I thought I wanted to try something very creative and yeah. new. And so I moved over here to to go to an acting school. And uh, that was the plan for a while. <laughs> it's just so beautiful here. And I found LA to be really finally a home for me. Because, you know, having all these other countries, it, it, they all were great in different ways. But Something there is about Los Angeles that is also creative and also laid back and friendly at the same time. And it's a mix that I haven't been able to find anywhere else. And it's just something that I feel like, okay, I'm home here. No, I can totally resonate with you. I actually grew up in the exact opposite, so 3,300 miles away from San Diego up in northern Maine. So I, I definitely... Grew up in a different environment from San Diego, and then I was in the Army for a number of years, so I lived in a bunch of different places, both domestically and internationally, so I got to try some different things, but it was very interesting. When I first got to San Diego, it just felt right, and it felt home, and I'm not searching, I'll spend the rest of my life here, but I know that it feels like a great place for me to live. Yeah, it's beautiful. I just went there a couple of weeks ago to La Jolla. It was really fun. La Jolla is great. I live just south of La Jolla in Pacific Beach. So Esther, we're going to delve way into everything that you have going on in the business world. But before we do, we always start Entrepreneur on Fire Off with a success quote. It gets that motivational ball rolling. It gets Fire Nation pumped up for this content you're going to be sharing with us. So take it away. So this is by Andy Warhol, and he said that making money is art, and make and uh, working is art, and good business is the best art. And to me, that's that's really something that resonates with me yeah. because business, you really can look at it, especially if it's your own business, as a piece of art. And for me, the way I found that it really to be true. To, to what I've been doing personally is that I get to be so creative with what I do. And it's it's not just as far as scheduling my time and creating the offers the way I like to and, and you know, all those things, but to really be able to, as far as visuals, what do you want for your logo? How do you want to talk to people? What are the systems that you have in place? All those things that could be very boring and structured, you get to do them from a creative place. So that's that's why, to me, that's really something that is very applicable to business. And the other thing, too, there's two more things about right, it. Yeah, well, sure. <laughs> um, a piece of art is something that you can price any way you like. It just depends on whether you find the right audience for it. And that's the same for your service or your product in your business as well. Because everything has a Walmart version and it has, yes. you know, a really high-end version. So uh, that's something as well that you can, you know, you could create something as a little 
craft piece and, and sell it on Etsy, or you could create something similar, maybe with the same techniques, but display it in a very high-end gallery, and your audience and the way you get to interact with people will be very different around it, and therefore your pricing will be really different as well. Mm, and I know that that is where your specialties lie, so I'm really excited to get inside your head on that notion. But before we do, Esther, Let's talk about failure. Let's talk about challenges and obstacles that as entrepreneurs, we face on some level every single day. And Esther, you're our spotlighted guest. You're our spotlighted entrepreneur. So take us back to a time in your journey when you failed or when you faced a massive challenge or obstacle that you had to dig deep to overcome. And how'd you overcome that? Well, there was a time um, when I first moved to LA a few years ago, um, I realized that I had to be very flexible with my schedule because, of course, when you're trying to be an actor, you have to be available during the day for auditions. Sometimes, you know, in half an hour's time, you have to be across town and be prepared. So I had to find a way of making money that would allow me to be so flexible. And I didn't want to be a waitress. So I figured, I know, I would trade stocks on the stock market because we are three three hours ahead of New York or behind New York. So it's really easy. You get up at 5 a.m and do your thing, your research, and then you're done by 10, right? And so it went really, really well for a while. And people would ask me, especially when I was in school, you know, all the other kids in the acting conservatory that, hey, what do you do for work? Well, I just trade stocks. And so they would ask me, how do you do that? And I would tell them, well, I do have a background in business, but it's it's something that you have to learn about. And if here are a couple of books if you're interested, but I can't give you advice. All I can tell you is watch your cash flow and only put as much as you can truly afford to lose into your investment portfolio. And this is something that exactly I didn't do for myself. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was going so well that I figured, well, let's just focus, right? <laughs> let's just put everything into this because this is really good. And, you know, some days are truly, truly very good. And then after a few years, just practically overnight, I got completely wiped out. Wow. Like 95% of, of everything wow. was just gone. And that was so devastating for me because, of course, I figured, well, I will just not sell. It ought to come back. And, of course, there's dips and whatever. But there are days when it's just like you you can't do anything about it, anything at all. So that was – I think the failure here was not so much a loss of money for me, but just really realizing that if I have something that that makes sense intellectually – I should go with that, like not to get too cocky and think, well, I know this because I have it all figured out. That doesn't work that way. The risks apply to you no matter what your history is in business. So um, for me to to have to basically be in a situation where I had to make money immediately, like right away the next day, that was a very big wake-up call. Powerful, Esther. And I can tell you from personal experience, not ever having made a living off of trading stocks personally, but one of my past careers post the U.S. Army was in corporate finance with John Hancock. And we were more in the variable annuities and fixed income area of that was what my job specifically was. But I was there right smack dab in 2008, 2009, during that crash where every day I would just be sitting at my computer watching that stock market crash and you had no control over it and it wasn't really affecting me personally because I you know, wasn't investing my own money 
per se, all putting it all on the line and just getting it all out there. But I was seeing the helplessness of the financial advisors who I was advising on John Hancock's variable annuities and other products that we had just pulling their hair out because it's such a helpless thing. And that is when I decided, you know what, I want to make sure that I'm in control of my own destiny, that some foreign influences aren't in complete control and that something that I can have built up for so long can be taken away so quickly as you experienced and as so many people experienced throughout the different crashes in the United States history, in the world's history in general, for whether it be tulips Holland. <laughs> in the Holland days, or whether it be the Great Depression crash in 1930, 1929, or whether it be 2008. I mean, when those things absolutely happen, and you have to set up safeguards and make sure, like the advice you gave but never took, only wager what you can truly afford to lose. The other thing too is that in particularly for stocks, sometimes you can just wait it out and it will come back eventually, or at least you get back 80% or whatever you can get back. But for instance, in my situation, it, it, there was a deadline with it because they were stock options. So, you know, right. as you get closer to expiry, it literally will go down to zero. So it was either taking a big loss or having nothing, like literally nothing. So I was like, okay, I have $5,000 left. This is great. (laughs) So Esther, just share with Fire Nation in one sentence, one clear lesson you learned from this failure. Pay attention to cash flow. Boom. Love it. Yeah. Great words. It's a great segue to our next topic because it's the other end of the spectrum. It's Time to stop talking about doom and gloom and failures, which is so important to analyze and to learn from, but we also can learn from the aha moments, from those times that we have light bulbs that go on and they inspire us and they allow us to pivot in different directions and drive forward. So Esther, share with us a time in your journey when you had a light bulb moment and how'd you turn that moment into success? I think the light bulb for me came after really putting my all my time into making the situation turn around that we just talked about because I was just at a place that I had to make it work. And so what I did was I had been teaching Hungarian for a while on the side, but it was more of a hobby than a business. Again, I didn't pay attention to the cash flow because it didn't matter. So I would have clients here and there, you know, just for a few dollars here and there, but they would cancel in the last minute and it wouldn't matter because I didn't care for making money from that. And then this time around, I was like, okay, I have to turn this into an actual business that will support me. And in the meantime, whether I need to find a job or something, what do I do? So I reached out to every single person that I know, and I asked them, do you know anyone who wants to learn Hungarian? (laughs) (laughs) I would not have been able to supply you with any names, Esther, I'm sorry. No, but you would be surprised. Sometimes people know people who have a cousin, who have a whoever, and they actually, within a couple of weeks, I had all these things that, you know, odd jobs and different gigs and movie sets and whatever, and plus clients. I started having clients. So, what really made made me, you know, as a light bulb moment, this came out of a couple of weeks of really contacting everybody that it's just so literally true what they say that your network is your net worth. Oh, it really so is. True. It's it's just amazing. I, I never thought of it that way because I just like people and I like to connect, but I never thought, okay, one day I'll need something from them, whether they can refer a client to me or a, you know, give me a job or anything like that. And it was amazing just within a couple of weeks to have more than what I could handle. So this light bulb goes off, Esther. What do you specifically do at that point to turn it into a success? 
Well, because it was focusing on teaching Hungarian, right. um, the the typical way how language teachers work is that you get paid by the hour or per session, and then people come once a week, twice a week, whatever it is. But for me, it was not enough financially at all because I just I had to make money really quickly. And so what I figured is really to focus on the top 20% of that tiny, tiny little market and to package my services in a way where we can really price it based on value and why is it important for them. And so really talk to these people individually. Hey, why do you want to learn? Are you moving there? Is that what we need to focus on for the next three months? Or are you getting, some of them are getting married to Hungarians, so they have to be able to communicate with the family. And coming from that place, really to adjust, not just have a preset course, but to adjust to what is it best for them and what are the things that we first need to learn. It also allowed me to be more flexible with my uh, pricing. So meaning that I I could only focus with the top 20% of those people and then price it really well and get paid six months ahead of time. That's obviously an aha moment. And I really appreciate that you share with us how you turn it into success. And again, I'm really excited to be delving even more into that later in this interview. But before we do, let me throw you a little bit of a curveball, Esther. Sure. Have you ever had an I've made it moment? I'm not quite sure because I always feel like there is something else that I want to try. So I don't know if I'll ever find that I arrived. But, you know, just the other couple of weekends ago when I went down to La Jolla, I think that was one of those days when I was so really trying to get away from the computer because – I'm I'm always on and because I always want to do something. And I, I thought, okay, one weekend where there is no phone calls, no internet, no Facebook, nothing. And I found on the way driving down that my phone, my fingers would go on my phone that I would check my email accidentally. <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, I can't look. I can't look. <laughs> but after a couple of hours, I really got used to it. And so I end up in this beautiful hotel on the 16th floor and, and they gave me an amazing suite and like a whole family could live there for real because it was that big. And um this this place came with an entire office completely equipped. So it had not just the... um computer but the printer and the phone and all that stuff inside my my room my suite and so I thought well I want to check Facebook but then I didn't and to me that was the, the biggest lie bulb there that oh this is so so cool here that I don't have to spend time on the computer if I want to unplug I really can enjoy it and go out to the beach and have a look at the seals and the pelicans and just call my mom. And the only pictures I need to take is really just for her, not for me. So that I think that that was for me, like closest to I've made it. Well, I, what I love about that I've made a moment is that it also seems like you're making it part of your journey and just really enjoying the little things, being able to unplug, being able to take that deep breath and just enjoy your surroundings and the ocean and the seals and talking to family and loved ones. So Esther, are you enjoying your journey? Yeah, very, very much so. And sometimes it's so um, tricky to be able to share it with your friends because you don't want to come across like you're showing off or, you know, now, if you had a recent win, or if, if there are any challenges, again, if they are not entrepreneurs themselves, then it's sometimes hard for them to relate. So I find it really a fun ride and then also making a 
conscious effort to make friends with other entrepreneurs, whether it's through coaching or mastermind groups or just really making friends and connecting with people, is to make sure that some of those people are in the same industry as I am so that we can share this journey together, even though we have separate businesses. I think that, and, and then also bring my mom along when I can. Yay. Now, is your mother living in the United States? <laughs> no, she is in Hungary, uh-huh. and I'm trying to explain to her what I do, and she doesn't quite get it. Just you know, it's a generational difference, I think. Right. And and of course, in her mind, I came here to be an actress, so it's a very different thing. And recently, I did a presentation online, and this was my very first webinar ever. And so I said, uh-huh. "Mommy, I need you to be there." <laughs> To me, that she's there in the audience, and even though she doesn't speak much English, but she's just there to support me, that's that's really, really fantastic. That is so cool, Esther. So let's transition now to present time, because, man, you have a lot of cool things going on in your business, and I know that Fire Nation is really dying to know just exactly what it is that you do and how you have differentiated yourself so well. So Esther, take a couple of minutes and share with us some things that are really exciting you right now. What is really exciting for me is that I get to work not just from home, but that I really get to connect with people because the way I I work with my clients is through Skype on a video chat. So I find it the next best thing after meeting in person because I get to see them. And just recently, I turned it also to when I talk with people who I used to talk with on the phone typically. Like let's say if someone comes and applies to work with me, we have a little qualification process and also to talk on the on the phone for about an hour to really find out where they're at and whether I'm able to help them or not. And I turned this on to doing it on video Skype. And it makes such a difference. Such it's a amazing. Difference. Yeah, just seeing them. And it's usually people I, that maybe heard of me on Facebook or they, they heard something somewhere, but they never actually got to really know me. And I have no idea who they are beyond whatever they sent me in their application. And just to really find out, like just see them face to face. The connection, the speed of the connection is so much faster when you have that face to face interaction, when you're seeing that person and, and their actual facial expressions and, and you feel like you're almost in the same room with them is powerful. Exactly, exactly. So I love that. Video Skype made a big difference for me and particularly when it's talking with people that I don't know yet. So Esther, talk to us a little bit about your ideal client and how you help that client. So my uh, favorite kind of clients are people who have uh, an area of expertise that gives long-term transformation to their clients. So they could be coaches or consultants or some kind of an entrepreneur with a deliverable with some kind of a service-based business that will make a big impact on their lives. And it's first of all, it's fun to work with somebody who already knows what they're doing. And also because we can really look at, okay, what are the things that you've been doing so far that are working for you? And what are the things that are preventing you from from getting to where you want to go, whether financially or time-wise? So we can really look at and just separating the good from from the not so good and really focusing on that top 20% so that they can have that groovy zone, you know, that service offering that can be packaged, say, between three to $12,000, depending on their industry and where they're at in their own business. But really to be able to just 
add either add that in or or completely focus on that for a while in their business if that's their lowest hanging fruit so that they can have maybe four or five clients a month and they're good you know if they're not looking to make five million dollars a year which I, I can't help them to do but if it's less than that you know let's look at this what would you need to do how many clients would you have to have where you can help them with the biggest impact you can possibly give in the shortest amount of time so they have the best results, they're the happiest, and that's what will put you also in the best position to charge really what you're worth. Before I ask my next question, I was taking some notes while you were talking, and you were talking, it was right about that point you said, that, that 20%. Did you say groovy zone? Yeah, that's oh, what I, call I it. love that phrase. Did you yeah, come up with that? Yeah, it's it's a range. I I numbered it to three to twelve thousand dollars. It really varies from industry to industry, and depending on the size of the project. But there is a range that is the maximum that you can get for it, and the most impact that you can give to your clients as well. So that's it's like a sweet spot. The groovy zone. Let's just yeah. keep calling it the groovy zone. I love it. <laughs> so Esther. I love what your mantra is, that it's easier to make a few high-ticket sales than lots of little sales. So just talk to us for just a minute about that, about your mentality, and then give us a real example of how you've turned a lot of little sales into a few high-ticket sales, or conversely, if you want to share uh, one of your students doing that, that'd be great as well. Sure. So I'm um, just regarding the whole mindset around it. Well, the process of sales is almost the same. It's well, there is a little difference. Let's say if you're selling info products, for example, you can sell something fairly easily up to two, three hundred dollars online. But really, when you're talking about having to sell something that is from face to face because it's a service, whether it's something that you have to physically deliver like a fitness instructor or a masseur or something like that, or because it's a higher ticket service, the process of the sale will be the same. You will have to see whether this person even needs what you have to offer. You have to see what their needs are and really come from a place of service and see what you have, whether it's a good fit for them or not. And then from that point on, just the process of making that sale is really the same no matter what your ticket price is. It, what, what I believe in is that it really depends on the value that that person has for what you have to offer, how important it is for them. Because let's just say if you're a relationship coach and you're helping me how to uh, find the love of my life, that's, that's something that might be very important for, for someone and then not so important for me. So even though it's the same thing, it could be very, very differently perceived depending on the priorities of that prospect. I love that mindset, Esther. It is so powerful and it's really a mind shift that a lot of entrepreneurs need to make to really take things to that next level. And speaking of taking things to the next level, let's talk about protecting ourselves along the way. Fire Nation, you might think that securing legal protection is only necessary after you get called out. But let me tell you something. If you're ready to start your business, then the time to secure legal protection is now. LegalZoom can help start and maintain businesses with incorporation and LLC filings, trademarks, and copyrights. The best part is LegalZoom offers affordable legal protection that you can trust. And when you join LegalZoom, you're joining three dozen companies from the Inc. 500 list who got their start through LegalZoom as well. 
LegalZoom is not a law firm, but they can connect you to an attorney and provide self-help services at your specific direction. If you're a parent or an entrepreneur, don't wait any longer. Visit LegalZoom.com, enter fire in the referral box, and protect what's yours. So Esther, we've now reached my favorite part of the show. We're about to enter the lightning round, and this is where I ask you a series of questions. You come back at us, Fire Nation, with amazing and mind-blowing answers. Sound like a plan? Let's try it. (laughs) (laughs) What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? Well, I think I've always been very entrepreneurial, just recruited right out of high school <laughs> before I finished. <laughs> but but there is a fine line between being, being entrepreneurial and being really an entrepreneur. And for me, what it comes down to as far as the difference is focus and consistency. Because yes. I used to, and I'm still, if I don't discipline myself, I find myself having eight, nine projects at the same time going on and nothing is finished. And if you come to me that, hey, I have a good idea, I'll say, let's go instead of finishing any of the other stuff. But then at the end of the day, I have nothing to show for it. So it really comes down to focusing on what you're already working on. Let's maximize that and then expand and then add something else. Mm, I love that. What's the best advice you've ever received? It's from my mentor, uh, my business coach, who told me regarding a particular networking event that I was going to, and it was a two-day conference here in LA, and I asked him, what should I do um, just to really get the most out of this? And he said, well, focus on the top 20% of the people. And to me, that was so it never clicked quite like that before, even though I teach this, you know, focus on the top 20% of your market and the top 20% of your activities, but it never quite gelled like that for me when it came to people. Because you will see, especially if you're in a room with some with the same group during two days, who participates, who asks the best kind of questions, and who is who people really flock to because they want to know more about them. Those will be the people who are somewhat ahead in their business or they really have something that is magnetic about them. And you want to connect with those little centers of influence rather than just random people. Great stuff. So what's something that's working for you, Esther, right now? I think it's it's really the flexibility of time. And because I like connecting with people so much, it has to do with the video chat and, and Skyping with people face-to-face. I, I just really, really enjoy that to be able to make a true connection and to have a heart-to-heart conversation, even if, if it's the first time that we are meeting. Do you have an internet resource like an Evernote that you're just in love with that you can share with our listeners? I do. It's uh, actually, I have two, and they're both extensions for your browser for Ooh, Chrome. Yeah. And one is called Stay Focused. And it, the focused part is spelled F O C U S D. So there is no E at the end, E D. It's just S D. And Stay Focused, what it does is you. It lets you put in a website that you don't want to spend too much time on. Uh. So let's say you could sit 10 minutes a day or 20 minutes or whatever you want. But then once the time is up and let's say you were on Facebook. <laughs> I knew you were going to say Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> so then it, it just turns off. It tells you that you're up and your time is up. And so shouldn't you be working? And even if you try, because I tried to go to the settings and extend my time, it doesn't let you. Not till the next day. <laughs> so wow. It really works. <laughs> And uh, the other one, it's called Circle Plus, and it's an extension as well for Chrome that you can add it to your uh, browser. And so when you want to add people, let's say, on Google Plus, 
and you're searching, let's just say if, if my target market part of it is coaches, right? So let's say I go to a very specific thing like health coach or nutritionist. And then all these people come up who have that on their profile, that that's what they do. And then instead of having to add them one by one, circle them one by one, I can click on this little uh, circle plus button on the top of my browser, and it will add everybody to the right circle that I designed them to go to. Wow, that's a time saver. It's so cool. It's really, really cool. And then Google Plus comes around and say, hey, you added too many. So. And you're like, oh, I'll just do it tomorrow. Exactly. <laughs> so Fire Nation, you know that you can find links to these resources and everything else that we've mentioned in today's episode by going to entrepreneuronfire.com slash Esther Kish. Esther, if you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be? It's by Harry Beckwith, and it's called Selling the Invisible. And it's for service-based businesses, but it, it also applies, actually, if you have products, too, because every product here has a service element as well. And what this, talks, this book talks about is all those invisible things that people are not able to evaluate when they first come and talk to you, but that will make an impact on how they feel when they leave. And also, obviously, on whether you make a sale or not, because there's just so many things that, you know, let's say you're a lawyer and I come to you because I want to know if you can help me deal with this particular thing. Um, I don't know how good of a lawyer you are other than hearing it from others that, yeah, he helped me or, you know, like word of mouth like that. But the meeting that how I feel about you, that will make a really big difference whether I want to work with you or not. So it has... Oh, so many tips. I don't even know. Like around 100 different tips, at least. Uh, little chapters, about a page and a half each with different aspects that you may not ever think about that you really, really need to consider. And some of those things are natural to you anyway, so you can turn them up. And that way, you're so much more attractive to people who come to you. Well, Fire Nation, you can get the audio version of this book for free by going to eofirebook.com. It's a gift from Audible for Fire Nation listeners. So that's eofirebook.com. Esther, this next question is my favorite. It's kind of tricky. So take your time, digest it, then come back at us with an answer. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have. Your food and shelter is taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? I think assuming that I would want to build the same business and if I, not knowing anyone is the trickiest part because that's been my biggest lesson just even building this business is really connecting with people. So I think the first thing I would do is just to get all my ducks in a row. Obviously, I would put up some kind of a little website and a couple of blog posts, put my Facebook page up, all those things so people can find me. But then from as soon as that is arranged, what I would really do is to start connecting with people on a massive scale and and just to see how I can help them without charging for it, of course, or anything like that. Just really be able to help them with making introductions or offering a tip or help them achieve their goals. And to connect with people in a strategic way, though. So whether it is because I really truly can help them out or because I admire what they do, I would look at people who already have a following because that's the fastest way to um, to grow my own network as well. 
is that they already have an audience and they already have a circle of friends who they can in turn eventually introduce me to as well. Because that will be the basics for, for building a business, knowing people. And that's exactly how I've taken Entrepreneur on Fire from zero to over 200,000 unique downloads a month is because of connecting with people and building and fostering relationships. Yeah. So Esther, you have given us some great actionable advice this entire interview, and we are all better for it. Give Fire Nation one parting piece of guidance, share how we can find you, and then we'll say goodbye. Well, one parting piece of guidance, I think it would be really just to pay attention to your own thing and what you are wanting to do. And don't compare yourself to anybody else because they're in the middle of their journey. And you may be somewhere a little bit before that or just starting out. So don't feel like you need to have the same kind of things as far as externally what you see there. Like maybe somebody, one of your idols has 30,000 followers on Twitter or a bunch of Facebook fans or something. Don't feel like that's what you need to have. All you need to do is come from a place of service and um, people will find you. And share how we can find you. Well, you can find me the best way is uh, on my website. It's estherkiss.com, which is E-S-T-H-E-R-K-I-S-S, like a kiss, dot com. And I do actually have a very special gift for um, for your audience, John. Ooh, Fire and if Nation? They, yeah. Wow, they're so, <laughs> so excited. If you go to the main site, estherkiss.com forward slash fire, and I do have something set up for you already. So if you go there and put in your information, you will receive it in your inbox. And also, if you guys want to, to talk with me to see how we can apply uh, this whole philosophy of finding your groovy zone to your own business, you're welcome to come and connect with me and we can talk about that. Oh, this is so exciting. So Fire Nation, you know that you can go to entrepreneuronfire.com slash Esther Kish and find everything that we've talked about today, the books, the resources, and then plus this special link will be there as well, or just go directly to estherkish.com slash fire. That's E-S-T-H-E-R-K-I-S-S, like a kiss, dot com forward slash fire. Esther, thank you for being so generous with your time, your expertise, your experience. Fire Nation salutes you, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you. Bye. Heyo, Fire Nation. We're going to give a shout out to my friend, Lisa B. Marshall of the Public Speaker Podcast. Want help in the art of tongue foo? Check out Smart Talk. It's no ordinary book. It's a Swiss army knife of communication, a comprehensive set of tools to build strong relationships and avoid communication breakdowns. Visit smarttalksuccess.com for a free excerpt and a chance to win an iPad mini. That's smarttalksuccess.com. Thank you for joining us at entrepreneuronfire.com. Your daily dose of inspiration. Prepare to ignite.